1: What the Falconry community has given me over the years, and it allows me, with my magazine, it allows me to ask people, I'm not looking for uh, Booker Prize winners, uh, authors and things like that. I want people to give me true stories and what Falconry means to them. If I were only one person subscribed to my magazine, I would still produce it, because I just love Falconry.
2: Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back for another episode of the Falconry Toll podcast and what is now the ninth episode in our series featuring falconers from the UK. And this episode also happened to be the last episode that I recorded while attending the Valley Expo, which was coordinated by one of the guys who is instrumental in bringing me over to do this series, as well as one of our media partners being Neil Davies and he is the editor of pursuit falconry magazine which you've heard us promote many times over here on the podcast and as always i'm going to recommend that you check it out if you haven't already there's always lots of great falconry content in every new issue lots of great articles pictures and advertisements for new falconry equipment that you may or may not heard of so if you haven't yet head to pursuitfalconry.co.uk and check it out and subscribe today if you haven't already. And that being said, since Neil is one of the guys who was kind enough to make this podcast series happen in the UK for us, I'm going to go ahead and give him his due here and go ahead and just turn things over to the conversation that I had with Neil Davies after the Valley Expo and hanging out some at Stonehenge. So hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Glad we finally got a chance to do this face to face. Yeah, excited. it's it's, yeah.
1: A, it's a great really, and uh, it's been a great few days. And uh, thanks for coming to the UK. I do appreciate you coming over to support the the last weekend's event. And uh, we've had a good day today. Took you to show to the Henge, and um, and take over a bit of Salisbury Plain as well. So it's been a good it's been a good day.
2: Yeah, no, it's been a great few days, and. As I uh, have been saying, I really appreciate you and Simon both uh, taking the really, really, just beyond <laughs> beyond required gesture of bringing me out here.
1: No, it was a pleasure because um, you know I've been following the podcast for a while, and um, and obviously I want to share that podcast link through my magazine, so that works. And when I was, said to Simon. I'm gonna help a little bit, and he says I'll match that, and so, and then we were at our, our Zoom meeting uh, one one Sunday afternoon, and it all it all worked when I finally logged on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's been great great to have you here. Um, it has been a busy few days um, because I've been working at Vowley Expo. Um, I've been sort of running this event here now. It's a u- unique event. Um, it's basically a, a Falcon event showing a lot of new tech, and we're lucky enough to have some great people coming here demonstrating. The weather's been bre- great. Um, We've had a decent amount of people coming through the gate, and um, but at, at Valley, which is Britain's home for Falcon racing, it's been you know an exciting few days, and it hasn't been without some challenges. Um, it's, very, it's been very tiring for me personally. Um, it's long hours. I've had a few days to get over it now, and obviously an opportunity to you know, catch my breath, relax, and uh, think I'm going to start working back on the latest edition of the magazine. So that's, So, from the chaos of doing shows and, uh, organizing a unique event, uh, with early expo is now back to my sort of like day to day job, which is creating my fulcrum magazine. And, uh, so that's what I've been resting to thing to do today, really just to try to get that to, to work. Um, cause some good articles are coming in this month and then hopefully I had some lovely emails from people today, and when we were in the car going over to Stonehenge uh, with yourself, um, Tony James got on the telephone, and we should have recorded the conversation we had for nearly an hour. But it was very, very funny. And um, but Tony's very good friend, you know, he apologised he couldn't make it to the event in the weekend. It'd been great to you know put you together with a few people, and um, I think hopefully the people who li- will listen to the podcast. That you've done at Vowley and and with Simon next week, um, hopefully you'll represent British falconry in a very positive light. We, I know some of the people you'll be speaking. I'm not going to let know who they all are at that moment because <laughs> obviously it's there. Um, uh, some people I'm really looking forward to listening to myself. I've had the sneak preview of uh, Steve Halsall, Um and that was great. And Steve has become a very good friend of mine in the last uh, few years. I've known him for many, many years. And um, and obviously he's talking about his good friend, Steve, uh, Paul Fields, not Steve, sorry, Paul Fields. And I can remember back in 92 buying um, some Hundred great passages from him, so it's it is a small world. A lot of us have mutual friends, and um, what we try to do as events like what I I put on this last weekend is basically get in friends together. We haven't seen each other for a year, and we just talk things all falconry. And I'm a bit of a falconry geek anyway. Um, We had some great art on show. and obviously, it was great to see my daughter, She, I, while I was working on the event, my daughter manned my stand for me, and she made me money. So it's it's good that she should pay me back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny, though. It's um, Kids have this funny way of, of taking money, but not necessarily... A, <laughs> giving giving it back sometimes you know no no my
1: my, do- my daughter harriet has um, been a very passionate falconer herself she's a very accomplished horsewoman and um um but she's she's made a very brave step um in the last f- few weeks she's making a change of career path and she's been accepted to join the police. so I'm, as a dad I'm very very proud of her and she's she's a, gr- a great girl and you know she's been a bird since she was when she was born and I can remember her first bird she started flying was an American kestrel, um, which is very familiar to our American audience. And, uh, she, she was loved walking around with a kestrel and learning and, and it takes me back. It's the amount of times we used to go training falcons together on, on the farm we lived on. And, and I was flying a big black juice at the time. And it clocked me in the side of the head and laid me out. And, um, And she must have been five, maybe six years old. And she had got hold of the lure, picked the falcon up. And then she came over to me, Are you okay, daddy? You know, (laughs) and, uh, but now she had got the, she had learned how to pick the bird up. But you know, she's been around birds all her life. And so she's a very accomplished falconer. She doesn't do it these days. Um, She's 100% obsessed with her horses. But, you know, she knows what she's doing. And, as a father i couldn't ask anything more of her you know she's helped me out this weekend with the magazine she's now uh, got a few new subscriptions for it which is great and um and also a lot of the people who do subscribe have, have recognized her because she was featured quite heavily in the first few editions um because she trained a new zealand falcon um, which i was very lucky enough to get from dr fox and um and I've known these falcons for 40 years because Dr. Fox actually um, was my mentor. Um, I met him at college and I've been trying to get into falconry for many, many years. My dad used to take me to every game fair. He was a very keen fisherman. He wasn't a, he wasn't a hunter. He wasn't um, a falconer himself, but he, he understood the country ways. And my dad would always take me to a lot of country fairs. And I'd go up to the local falconer. who teach me. No. And I was, is knockbacks after knockbacks, but I was always wanting to learn. And I think a lot of falconers find that, um, listen to Steve's podcast, he was the same. And when I met Dr. Fox, my first day at our college, he had walked into his lab, uh, was studying well of illustration. And as part of my course was understanding the anatomy of animals. And I walked in there and he had a peregrine falcon on a cadge on on his desk. And I said, wow, as like, I was blown away, get that really up close and personal bird. I just knew instantly what it was. And I asked him, Will you teach me? And he said no. And then I badgered him for weeks and weeks and weeks. And in the end, he relented. And then he he showed me. And and the rest is basically history. So I've been involved in one way of Vulcanry since now 1982. And I've been very fortunate. I've gone I've worked both in design work and also I've also worked in display work and I've worked as a professional falconer and I've worked at some amazing places Um, and and Nick introduced me to to Joanna Parry-Jones at the then falconry centre which literally became the National Bird of Prey Centre and then latterly it was International Centre for Birds of Prey and recently they have closed the gates Um, the the charity still runs, but uh, the ICBP as it was or Falkner Center as it was um, does no longer exist, and that has a lot of happy memories for me i've I've been there many, many times, I've worked with Jemima at many shows I've had opportunities to fly some amazing birds and um, and and Nick gave me that opportunity to go there as part of my as a student as part of my course to go there and learn more. And, and I basically ended up virtually living there, and I spe- and I worked there for a couple of years. And uh, we travel all over the country with Jemima doing bird shows, and and I've learned a lot from her, especially. And there I met her father, Philip. And Philip, I was very lucky enough to meet him. He's quite a hard, straight man. He says, called a spade a spade." And, and he knew I was passionate and he knew I was going grouse hawking. I, I got an opportunity to go cadging with Matt and Jones. And, and so I was looking forward to that. And, and he said, uh, what are you going to fly? I said, well, I'm just, just a student and uh, I'm, I can't afford a peregrine. And a couple of weeks later, I had a phone call from Jemima and she said, Neil, um, get your ass down here um, to the, to the centre. My dad's got a present for you. And I walk, and I and I came down, and I walked into the center. And it says on the lawn there were three peregrines. It was an African uh, teasel and an African female, and also what would we would call it like a British peregrine falcon. And I thought, oh, African teasel was beautiful, tiny, tiny little falcon, can't be more than about thirteen ounces, really compact little thing. And I thought. Oh, Oh, he looked a bit too small. Would he take on... I wanted to fly grouse. That's N V falconer's dream is to fly a red grouse. And I thought, an African peregrine, I'd only ever seen a couple of them before and I was a bit frightened of taking on that extra responsibility. African peregrines, not many people get the opportunity to fly that. And then there was a stunning, um, you know, IS female peregrine there. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get a chance to fly this. And I said could I have that and she said yeah your dad's my dad said yes you can have any bird there and so I took the bird up and I've um, I'd gone over to Madam Jones he give me a Doug Pinayo hood um and we could could the bird up properly and everything else so it's and I thought like, I'm going to go back to Lancashire where I was living at the time and I trained this bird to start learning how to wait on and And then I met up with Martin and we went up to Scotland and uh, we were staying on Tolkien uh, for about three or four weeks. And, and there, like Martin Jones, very well known uh, British falconry equipment maker, but also he did his life seemingly was all about grouse hawking. And when I was catching with him, I had the opportunity to learn from somebody who was very skilled and, I was very, very lucky in that respect. And um, I don't know many sort of like 21 year olds get an opportunity to fly one of these amazing birds. And and also going in a place which is, has a lot of grouse, because uh, we were flying on Tolkien Lodge, which is what a well-known uh, a grouse shooting estate in Scotland in Granton and Spey. And, and then one day Martin said, oh, we're going over to Castle Grant and we're going to go uh, stay at, Go hawking on a on a one of his friends estates um and there was charles the coon and and uh, and they said i'm this young lad there was a you no know, i felt a bit out of, of i'm out of depth here and but uh, i was hawking over martin's amazing pointers as well and when we were there with no pressure there was it was like the who's who of grouse hawking in Scotland, and I met Steve Frank and and various other people like that, and and then they said they said okay, Neil, it's your opportunity to have a flight, and so put my falcon up, and she you know she mounted up nicely, you know, and I can even remember the day, twenty third of August, you know, and she mounted up nicely, and she and said okay Martin head the point so I, went, as I walked on the head the point I sort of bumped another little covey, and so they bumped and then the dogs had gone forward bumped the quarry. I was aiming to head point and they just took off and then but my falcon folded lovely and she just went in and she bowled into it 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 wasn't like I say like, it was thousands and thousands of feet but it was it you know it doesn't seem that high um but it, no she hit it and bummed it into, into the heather and martin says and i thought oh that's great i'm i was happy she had hit a grouse and i was that was ecstatic he said no you're gonna go now we're gonna rebut uh get to find the point again and we're gonna give that bird now she's hit it hard now that bird's not gonna go far so we bumped it up again and it and it, and the and, and the young squeaker um grouse is just basically burst off again across the heather and she came in underneath it and grabbed it and she bundled herself and her and the and her prize in the heather and the last thing madness said to me whatever you do do not let your bird eat all the be- all the breasts you could hand that back to charles who was his guest and um and obviously i was just so enthusiastic and. You know, and I was just you know and we there was time before we had mobile phones, otherwise I'd have millions of photographs of that. But I have that photograph in my head of the I'm image and and that not give me a little bit of heather. We caught the grouse on I got what so I've still got the feather in an old game book. And um that was the only time I've ever caught a grouse. And um that was something that still excites me gives me a tingle in the back of the neck now even talking about it and uh and I was I was and I know I've, I've been very lucky I've had opportunities to fly some amazing birds in my time and had opportunities to go to some amazing places and but that evening um I apologize to Charles because so I let my bird just eat the head and half the breast and I went from I'm very sorry sir um my but he said don't worry my boy you know catching your first grouse is important you know and I'm glad you enjoyed it and he was a true gentleman and um no I was very lucky and then that evening um Steve Frank came up to me he said I understand you caught your first grouse today well done You know and I still remember all that now and as if it was yesterday but now it now I've realizing it's nearly well it's over 30 years ago and you know you know it makes me feel old but I still have that excited feeling when i go when i still go hawking and i I haven't had as as many opportunities to go grouse hawking since um but the plan with like ultimately with the magazine um it goes back i want to get to position the magazine does amazingly well i'll sell it you know sell it to somebody who wants to carry on um what i've tried to create And it allows me then to lease a grouse more and I can take my friends, go grouse hawking with. And that's really all I want to do. I'm just passionate about all forms of falconry and the art of falconry. Um, And also falconry has given me so much. Um, It's given me opportunities to meet yourself and other people. And a lot of people, especially the last few years with the magazine, has allowed me to get insights into different Opportunities to go places as well. Uh, the magazine has taken me all over the world. And, you know, it's taken me latterly to, to the Middle East several times. And I've had opportunities to go um, hawking Hubara b- bustards uh, off, a, off a camel. And the tip is there if you ever go hawking in the desert, find a camel with a fat bottom. It's much more comfortable. <laughs> but, um, but I've been very lucky and, and I appreciate that. And and I always try to spend time with anybody asking me any questions, any child or any young person asks. I try to help them um, because I know how hard it is to get on, to get into conflict because it's, it's not for everybody. Um, you know, I've sacrificed a lot. I've gone through two wives and numerous girlfriends. Um, I'm not necessarily a good partner in that respect because i i spend so much time with my birds Uh, but i think that's the right thing to do for me personally um but also falcon has got me a lot of great friends and you know the internet is amazing um and i have obviously thousands of facebook friends and most of them i've never met but i know some of them i have and and a lot of those people have written articles for me as well and the especially for the last couple of years since I produced the magazine as a paper film it has given me a more of an insight because I read my magazine about 15 20 times each article before gums gets finally printed and it seems that people all over the world have bought into it and I am very grateful for all of my readers both in the USA Canada you know I've got I got one subscriber in Singapore where falconry is legal but he He's been supported my magazine since the very start. And and obviously lately now I'm getting a lot of Australians and New Zealand s- subscribers as well. And I have obviously my core audience is in Britain and we are doing okay. Um we can always sell more magazines, but there's no difference for any b- publication. Um but what I aim to try to do with with a magazine is to promote Falker in the positive light as much as possible um in in the may june issue I had a great article done by an american Folker from utah uh, a young lady called Krista hong edwards um some of you probably will know her in the u.s and great photographer great writer and um she said i've got a great article on a a good friend of hers called mark and he's got als and probably time this will go out he may no longer be with us because he was that but he that gentleman's has gone out and he's still practicing hawking. he has a modified wheelchair he has an amazing young daughter and and family supporting him to allow him to carry on his falconry and that's what falconry is about it's that community and and we all have that love of what falconry is it's about for for me no matter what bird you fly I'm just excited watching anybody's bird I don't because I personally fly peregrine falcons. It doesn't mean I'm better than somebody who flies a harris hawk or a red tail or in this country it could be a common buzzard. My first bird was a common buzzard. Um, but the thing is about doing it well, as best as you can. Um, you'll make mistakes. We all do. Even experienced people, make like myself, I, I still will make a mistake because you get complacent. And if I can give any advice for young folks coming through read as much as you can if you can't afford the books go to the library libraries will bring you books in if you can if you can get them give them the right uh isbn number um but these days now amazon's amazing you get lots of great new books coming through on it um but what i try to do with my magazine i try to show some new interesting stories also a little bit of history because i'm a bit i am a bit of a um a falconry geek I, have, I collect a lot of uh falconry miscellanea and johnson's seen a, even a small part of my chaotic collection um he's been very polite he 's not laughing at that one and um but said so i'm passionate of what I have, and you know ultimately i've been very lucky over the years i've had some amazing gifts um I can remember three or four years ago I actually uh, Steve had put a competition on on Facebook uh, in the hood makers thing and identified this hood what bird would fit and, I've, and I and said of oh, Benelli's Eagle and he was right and I've still the, the hood is on my mantelpiece now and Steve is in the house the other day and he said oh you still got it I said yeah that's one of my prize prizes and joy I should have it under one of my glass domes but all my other hoods are in there, I haven't got a dome for that. I'll have to go get a new dome uh, to keep that hood because it's a, it's a beautiful hood. It's, a lovely, it's in red, and the people who know me, I am obsessed with red and uh, being a Welshman. And, but it's a little red, it's got some gold tooling on it. It's a hood, you know. I've never flown a Bernanli's Bal- Eagle, and I probably would never do it. I've been up with people who do fly uh, different eagles. Um, And I have flown some other eagles uh, in display purposes and I've had the opportunity going out uh, when we could uh, hunt uh, mountain hares with golden eagles uh, with some really good friends. Uh, Alec May, um, he said, I'll come with a good friend of his. Uh, It was Neil Hunter. And we went out and back in February several years ago. Now it must be over 12 years ago. Um, And we were out in the snow and basically, you know, caught a mountain hen. and it was an incredible experience, you know. And I've been lucky, you know, and that's what my falconry is to me. It's about seeing people fly birds as well as they possibly can. It's like I said, you know, if a bird catches something, it's a bonus. But I enjoy the flight, the pursuit of it, um, irrelevant what that quarry is. I love merlins you now, and this year with a very good friend of mine, Rob Cole, who's quite a renowned uh, merlin breeder in the uk um i put my jack with his female and unfortunately we had two clutches of eggs but all infertile maybe next year you know and um and as as the arabs would say inshallah you know which is god wills it you know and hopefully next year we'll be we'll be lucky and uh, i'll have a merlin to fly and then we'll potentially make a new breeding pair and then you know if any friends of mine who would like a bird to fly, and who would like to fly a Merlin because they're amazing birds to fly. Um, yeah, please. I've I've been lucky enough; people have given me birds, and and I probably would do the sky on that same thing. And because the peregrine I fly uh, was given to me by, by Rob, and he's a very good friend, and we call each other once or twice a week and talk all things falconry. Is long-suffering wife Sarah, or oh, or oh, Neil's talking about birds again? Is that all? And that's all we do really, or um, or rugby when the rugby is on, uh, because we're both passionate uh, rugby supporters. But yeah, it's just we are both a pair of falconry geeks, and Rob's got an amazing collection of falconry equipment and falconry books. You know, so when I get there, I get a chance to see some of his stuff, and every now and again, I. In my, in my travels, I get gifted small little uh, badges from falconry clubs and like that. And then I say, "Yeah, Rob, a little mm-hmm. gift for you," because he has a huge collection of uh, falconry badges. But again, it's about falconry. Is for me, it's that community, um, having people who are passionate about it, and sometimes just too close to it, and sometimes asking a friend, he can look at it more logically than you are seeing. Um, and I think that is the way. What I for falconry means to me, um I've been very lucky over the years to meet some amazing people through falconry um yeah, I've met some people which I wouldn't want to ever meet again but but those are more fewer than but the ones I would love to spend more time with, you know that's important, and with these podcasts I know Jonathan's doing here um it's great because I've I've listened to some of the, of the podcasts he's done and, and I know the people he's he's interviewed and I hopefully, um, the people will enjoy them as much as I do. Um, cause quite often I li- I listen to podcasts quite late in the evening when I go to bed. Um, and as I said to Jonathan, don't, don't take it wrong. Um, I will listen to podcasts and maybe take me five days before I finish the whole podcast. Or I'll fall asleep. Um, but I'm, Oh, it's old age and exhaustion <laughs> yeah.
2: no i am um, i always apologize to people when they say oh i listen i'm like oh i'm sorry <laughs> no it's uh i i'm you know i've gotten used to begrudgingly kind of listening to myself over and over and over again as i as i put these things out mm-hmm. but uh but yeah no i mean unless of course you're uh you're getting a sneak peek and decide just a. You know, just randomly sit down for for an hour and you know just go ahead and and just barrage through a quick episode because you're you're getting a a little taste before everybody else. You know, like you did right before we got on here. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it
1: was it was great, and because obviously, now I hope I'm not giving the, the whole game away because I'm not sure which position I will be in
2: this podcast. Seems... Uh, a little bit later for sure. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> anyway, but
1: the first one will be Steve. Uh, Steve Halsell. A great fault a great faulkner a great, a great, has become a very dear friend to me um over the last few years and only a few weeks ago i was up at the bfc northwest region um and he said would would i give a talk about my magazine and i thought and what i'm doing presently and i thought would you, why would people want to listen to me talking because i don't necessarily think that you know that would be interesting, but he said, "Yeah, no, come up, please." Now and and I met uh, I met the other guys there and Paul Robinson and who came to see us on on Saturday. We had a good chat with him and everything else, you know. But it was a busy day for me. I didn't have enough time to spend with Paul uh, to say hello. Oh, but I know I introduced him to Jonathan and and they had a good long chat. Um, but we met and discussed you now with loads of different falconers and if but the thing is with steve i, I think you'll enjoy um that podcast because i i thoroughly enjoyed it i list i have listened to it for the last it does go on over an hour it's not because Steve's has been making he's a masterhood maker and um and it's not something you'd use lightly. but uh, you know he's a true gentleman as well and and hopefully um if people enjoy it half as much as I have, I think you know. I think Steve will be honoured to be featured on the podcast uh, because he's quite a humble man. He wouldn't sort of like throw himself forward, things like that. And when he asked me to do that talk to the BFC Northwest, I sort of looked at the crowd. About he had gathered about twenty twenty five uh, uh, Faulkners uh, there, and while I was speaking about. Um, The magazine also speaking about a role I've been working with um, promoting Vowley in respect as Vowley in the UK is the home of British falcon racing, which some people like and some people won't. But falcon racing is hugely popular in the Middle East and most of the birds which are bred in the UK and overseas do get shipped out to the Middle East. And it is an interesting concept because it's part of their culture having birds of prey um, but over most of the Middle East, they aren't, the people aren't allowed to actually hunt in the desert. So they use falcon racing as a way to keep their culture growing. And if you ever get a chance to go to the Middle East, you can go into some of the souks and you see young boys hooding falcons and training falcons in, in the squares. And they have they have amazing skills, as young boys, but they're taught by their fathers, their grandfathers. And also, if you get a chance to see some of the hood makers there, um, some of the pakistan hood makers there they'll have these ancient blocks and i was i was in qatar um in 2014 at an iaf conference and uh, the iaf took us down to the falcon souk in doha and and we had a couple of hours to walk around and i i was speaking to this uh a elderly gentleman he must have been in his 60s 70s and I said I love your blocks can I buy some he said why would you want to buy my blocks and I said I think they're beautiful they're like pieces of work that he said I can't give you that but they were my grandfather's and this man now he, he would have been the same age as my father uh, if he was still alive um, and and he he, he said well oh, thank you and he said you know and he gifted me a, a hood you know and i and i was quietly taken quietly taken. i said no please i'll pay he said no no i want a gift to gift you because you like my my grandfather's blocks and i said and i said i know i'd rather have your blocks <laughs> but he said <laughs> and i understand that's his tools of his trade but and i still have the hood now um it's in in my uh a, a vast collection of falconry blocks and falconry hoods and bits and pieces like that but That's what Falknery gives me. I love the history geeky stuff for it. I love new tech, you know, love new tech. Um, In the house this weekend, we've, we've had several different people staying here it's been like an open house I've had Danny Carter from Bullex sleeping on my sofa I've had Jonathan Munies, uh sharing a room with Kevin Robinson from Scotland and apparently Kevin is officially the worst snorer in the world not the so.
2: worst but he's up there <laughs> love you Kevin yeah um,
1: <laughs> and obviously in my conservatory I had uh, another gentleman great glove maker called Calvin Crossman and I left Kevin, Jonathan, and Calvin putting the world to rights over a, a, a bottle of uh, a, some bottle of whiskey. I can't remember the name of it. I'm yeah, not a whiskey some, drinker. Some
2: kind of fine uh, scotch. Fine yeah. scotch. So they, yeah. you
1: know, and Kevin has fortunately left a little bit for, for Jonathan. So Jonathan is smiling, you know, he has been drinking some British beer and um, we're trying to show him the hospitality we can in the UK. But again, and upstairs, uh, we had uh, a young couple from Italy with their, their Flyboost UFO drone, um, which is quite an exciting little piece of kit. And also they have um, a little camera rig that fits on back of birds, which uh, they've they've gifted me one. So I'm going to try that on my, one of my Falcons and see if I can capture some amazing footage. Because if you ever get a chance, go on to the Flyboost um facebook page you'll see some footage um it's pretty cool yeah, yeah it's
2: like the uh they call it what the shark backpack or something yeah, like I, that i believe yeah. so yeah
1: and and they were, they were shown us this image of this one of the seiko falcons flying uh, through a city near rome and it was incredible and i thought oh wow and then they showing how they developed uh, their fly boost drone which is an exciting thing because obviously i've been i've been working with Doctor Fox, and he sort of invented the uh, the the Ropre, uh range of products, and I and I've been uh, flying one of his products since the very beginning. And uh, I'm I'm a terrible pilot, but um, but yeah, it, I find it a very useful tool. And and obviously, uh, one other of, of the technology companies was staying in, in my. It sounds like a, I have a huge house, but I've just i just crammed lots of people in. Um, I had Xavier Morel uh, from Microsensors staying here with with his family as well, so it was a busy, busy time. And you know, I may not be the best host, I because uh, um, they all actually did my dishes and tied my kitchen, so they can come back and
2: stay anytime. No, it was uh, yeah, it was me and. Um... Yeah, our, our Italian friend. Yeah. Athena uh, Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, we were just uh kind of getting to know each other a little bit and um you know, just kind of yeah <laughs> tidying up your your kitchen. I we we both felt immensely sorry for you as you look so ragged and stuff by the end of the weekend. We just uh Well, it, it, it was a busy weekend.
1: We uh, we're lucky we had a lot of people come through and a lot of people um I've complimented what we've tried to put on here, but it's not just myself it's <laughs> the team you know it's you know it's a lot of people behind the scenes that people don't see and thank um we're a great maintenance man as uh, i've been working with for the last few months here uh, a gentleman called mark and mark came up here at the beginning of the week uh, from commanding where the, uh, the iwc base is and um and Mark had a bad back, but he's worked like a trooper. The man's a machine. And he's brought his two of his boys, Jack and uh, and Horace, and they great troopers and they work hard. And the rest of the, the uh, Fox Falcon team has come up. And we had a chance to speak and watch uh, the guys fly there, some amazing Falcon flying. But we've had uh, some amazing people come and support the event as well. And a lot of Falconers have come in over the last few days and it's been you know it's been tiring i'll admit it's been really really tiring and you know and i've had quite a bit of sleep sleep since the the, the event is now finished um but it just allows me now just to think oh that's finished but is it like I know in about seven or eight weeks time um, they have the British Falcon races there, and I think it'll be their fourth years of Falcon racing at uh, at Vowley and so it'll be an exciting time for everybody at the team um, I'm going to be focusing a lot on my magazine because obviously I will be featuring the various things what's happened in the last few days here, and also the people I've met. Also, hopefully, I'll get an article out to Jonathan to feature in there. We've got some interesting photographs, um, but whether or not we can publish those, I'm not sure. Um, but if you ask Jonathan uh, the, the name of one of our local pubs, I think he, you know, he he did laugh when I when I took him in, in into Sally's uh, uh, pub, um, but uh, we won't go any more than that. Yeah. But I think I think what the Falkry community has given me over the years and it allows me with my magazine, it allows me to ask people. I'm not looking for uh, Booker Prize winners, uh, authors and things like that. I want people give me true stories and what Falkry means to them because that's, I'm just a big, if I were only one person subscribing to my magazine, I would still produce it. Um because I just love Falconry and and I'm lucky enough that I can make a mod a, a modest living from it as well. And and a lot of people, you know, I've have, have a very loyal uh subscriber base. And I g and I have a lot of articles being sent to me. I haven't published everyone's I've had yet, purely because, you know, it's only so many hours in a day I can work and but also one thing I have been also very lucky, um, if anybody ever sees the magazine or goes online to see it, the covers I only have a feature artwork on it. Um and one of the artists, um, Martin Hayward Harris, he had never had a cover on a magazine. And and I said, I can I can do this, Martin, because it's my magazine, I can do what I like. <laughs> and um He'd done a fantastic bronze of a, of a friend of mine, Kalala um, Greenhall. He's got an amazing geofalcon called Dora. Uh, she's stunning, absolutely. Stunning. A monster white geofalcon. And Martin's sculpted a, probably one of the most stunning sculptures I've ever seen. And he'd had a lot of my, uh, glances from a lot of Arab guests this weekend. Um, and And I believe he's now going to be going to Saudi Arabia to but at the one of the big festivals to demonstrate or feature some of his work out there so it's fantastic for martin but you know you know his man's a humble man but he when he he was so chuffed to have uh his one of his sculptures on the cover of a magazine i said it's not a problem it's pleasure for me to feature it and or oh, when I went to his studio because we were working on another project together uh, of a flying seagull falcon, and and he said, "I'll come down to the studio, see where I am progressing." So I went down there, and in his studio he had a stunning painting of a peregrine um, on a sea cliff with thrift and things like that all around it. Thrift is a little pink flower we have on the on the coastal cliffs of Wales and around the rest of the UK, and this and I said. Can I have a photograph of that, Martin? And he said, Why? I said I'm gonna feature another magazine cover. So he's had two magazine covers from me now, so but that's the good thing about it. And I, you know, I don't think I think he I, I hope I've made his day and hopefully if he listens to this he'll appreciate now if he wants to give me one of his amazing sculptures I'll happily accept it <laughs> and I said, I dare say Jonathan would as well but I think it will push him over his luggage limit I think they weigh about 25 kilos each um, but yeah. again it was a beautiful thing to have um uh, but again, you know, and that's what Falconry has given me. It gives me a chance to feature artists which haven't been featured before. Um, show some young artists and some older artists. And you know, it's somebody people that haven't been featured and you know, and I hope over the over the coming months and years of the magazines and the carry on working is that we can feature a lot more artists i've got some american artists being featured later on this year um and also i've, I've got two american artists being featured but i'll hold them back but the the next issue is featuring an, an australian artist who's also a wildlife rehabilitator uh, martin scuffins of a wedge tail eagle um so that Will hopefully um it shows. I try to feature artists from all around the world as well, and also artists that I admire. And and I suppose that goes back to the very start of myself. I used to draw a lot of wildlife, so a lot birds of prey, obsessive drawing them all the time, and that's what probably got me into falconry and wanting to be a falconer. And I've been a falconer, and I've been a display falconer, um but I would call myself more of a bird trainer when I do display work because it's not true falconry. Um, in that respect we use a lot of same techniques um, but one thing it does give you to you can represent what falconry is and I always say to people why do I why do you do it because I enjoy it and sometimes we tend to forget or, or seem to be afraid but the, with the anti that they don't why should we say because I enjoy it, I enjoy seeing a bird doing what it does naturally. Falconry ultimately is, is the art of using a trained bird of prey in a pursuit of quarry, um, and that goes back to why I call the magazine pursuit, and and I always always feature the art of falconry because that's what is the description within the UNESCO, um, because they'll never ban an art form. You know, and it is an art if you go around the world and I've been lucky enough to travel around the world a lot with the magazine and it's been and a lot of people have asked to contact me, can I do articles from you for, from all corners of the earth and which has been amazing and what it does show me that the enthusiasm is huge out there and if and I try to encourage as many youngsters in in, in the art of falconry yes it is a sport but especially now with falconry and that is much more of a sport type thing but falconry is the way of training a bird to pursue wild quarry whatever it could be whether, whether it could be hunting a red tail like you do in the USA, hunting squirrels and and various forms of rabbits, jackrabbits, cottontails um, which I hope to get over to Indiana and uh, in December, for your when your big field meets. So I'm going to try to get across there. As um, like I said, it's just, it's timings for myself. Um, I'm hoping to go to the USA, especially in January, because I want to go to see the Utah Sky Trolls. I've seen them videos for years and years and years. And to meet uh, people like uh, Mrs. Chingrin and, and, and the like, you know, it'll be an honor for me to do that. And, and also, I know at the end, of the month, these the international Merlin trials. But again, I'm a huge Merlin nut. And to get a chance to see these amazing birds being flown out there, again, that would be exciting for me. So it's like it's like a best month's holiday in many ways, but also as a bird geek, first of all, and a falcon geek, I'm just so excited for that. And that's And if I can do a report on it and share that with other people, and hopefully those people will enjoy. Uh, what I've tried to create with the magazine I think I've done my job right but again it's it's not without effort but I can't do it without the contributors to do submit the articles submit me some amazing photographs I get a chance to see and sometimes I have so many photographs or oh, which one should I not use and and I hate not use trying to use as many as I possibly can i I would probably add more pages to the magazine sometimes because there's some photographs there which are just too good not to have shown. Um, But yeah, and I think I I just love what I do. You know, I'm lucky enough to be paid to do something I love. And if anybody can take anything from what I'm trying to show people and what I'm trying to create with the magazine is that you don't have to be the best writer. But everybody's got a good story, and some of the stories are remarkable. And you know, I've I've listened to Steve's today, and I'm looking forward to listening to some of the others um, because a lot of the people that Johnson's met over the last few days have been people I've re- admired for a long time. And and let's hope you know so, you know, you you're in the sort of the podcast world and the Folkerie told uh, world will enjoy uh, what the Johnson done and. And obviously, in the next couple of days, you'll be heading up to Simon for probably a more comfortable bed, uh, better quality food, and um, and probably better hospitality because I'm a terrible host. Let's be honest. Um, I try my best, and uh, but the, you know, but the the thing is about it, the Falkland community is is quite a tight knit community. Now we don't always get along. Um, and, and sometimes the internet is great, but also you can comment on someone's photograph and, and you type something in without thinking and it can be construed one way or another. And I think sometimes I, I try to say to people, that before you post, read it and then delete it and <laughs> then write it again. Because you know? you know, we need to work together and we can learn from each other um the world's a small place now especially the falconry world um especially with facebook instagram and the various other uh social media outlets there are these days but obviously when jonathan and i sort of got together because he was he did his simon tyers um interview and he did jose's one who jose has been writing for the magazine um for the last couple of years and and I was recommended and I thought well, I haven't my story's not interesting enough I don't think I've got something interesting and we've uh, and me and Jonathan it's spoken I said, I'm not really sure i, I think we'll do one face to face one day I'll come across and you know what falconry is is about getting people together really you know and if we can do that you know it was great I hope you know you've enjoyed yourself. Oh, I've,
2: I've had a great time and you, I, you've been on a uh, hard on yourself, some about the whole host thing. I mean, I've, I've had a roof over my head. Uh, you've, you've transported me where I need to go. You have fed me, you've taken me to see some cool things that I am I'm, I'm pretty low maintenance. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I
1: agree. That is yeah. quite low maintenance. It's <laughs> very funny as well. So, um, so and I'm,
2: yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very appreciative. I, uh, and no, you've, you've, you've been a, a very good host. So, I mean, you've, you've been a little hard on yourself, but, and, and I guess I should clarify from my earlier statement, I don't really, I didn't, I don't really feel sorry for you. I, I felt bad for you because I saw how run down you were, but, uh, but no, and, and I, I completely agree with what you said and the whole idea and what you do and what israel and i do or are trying to do with this i mean i'm not you know people don't want to listen to me i mean people want to listen to people like you oh, and right. and and all these and all these people that that around the world that are wanting to share stories and and that's and whenever i found out about your magazine i i thought that it only made sense to reach out to yeah, people. yeah because
1: i know i i regard you as a as a media partner because i love i love listening to the because i think the, the paper form is beautiful you know and i love i love paper um you know because i've produced my magazine if anybody gets a chance to pick a magazine have a feel of it it's the touchy feeliness about it um i don't have a glossy paper it's a much more like a softer paper in the hand um it for me i wanted the soft paper because it re- reminded me of when you handle a bird you've got to be delicate with it and things yeah like and it's in soft you know that's why i chose a soft paper you know it sounds a bit me being a bit arty <laughs> but it's about i believe very strongly so many things in falconry is all about touch and feel and that's very much so when when i train birds and when i uh when i teach people how to fly birds and i've been fortunate enough i've i've worked at some amazing places i had an opportunity to be the first Faulkner um, at Glenny's Hotel you know, back in 92. I've been really lucky. I've had some great jobs, um, you know, but generally I, I stay in jobs for a year, two, three years, and then, oh, I get excited. Oh, I want to do something else now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like a, an eternal child. Um, I'm always looking for new challenges, but the, the magazine's, is now coming into its third year, um this this August. It'll be the third year and and it, it's it's growing and and I'm and I'm proud of that. And and it started off because I was lucky enough to have permission by the George Lodge Trust to be the only magazine in the world at the time to be allowed to feature black Jess. And any Faulkner out there who knows where that Falcon picture is, you'll understand. And I was the first magazine to be allowed it. The trust said yes, we'll allow you to do it. And I was humbled, you know, to have that. And George Loss has, has been a huge admirer of his work for many, many years. And um, what I've always tried to do is represent falconry in a, a positive light as possible. And it's, as I said, you know, there's a lot of people out there who want to knock falconry. But falconry does a lot of good. And um, falconers, by their nature, are quite humble. They don't want to tell people what they do. Um... But it's interesting, I've had some amazing people that now are writing for me, which wouldn't they ever say that and I'm not a writer. That's not what I do. Um, but I try to show strong images and and give sometimes a bit more graphic feel to some of the images as well to make people go think a bit more. And But all the articles, they don't need to be, as I said, you don't need to win a book a prize to be right for my magazine. If you've got a great story and you've got a great article and you've got some amazing some amazing photographs, because that's, you know, a picture does say a thousand words. If you've got something like that, please send it in. You know, um, you can go to www.pursuitfalknery.co.uk, um and just contact me through, through the website. And you now, hopefully, um, some people listening today will think, Oh, I'll. i to send an article. I've got a great old story. Um, you know, and that's what I think. What is sharing the stories because sometimes you think, oh, I wish he had taught." So I've met certain people for the years who are no longer with us. They've passed on. Um, it's so we brings me back to something we were listening in the car earlier on. We were speaking. Tony James rang me up, and in the car, and Jonathan. Oh, Tony James. He said, he said, and uh, so I introduced Jonathan as we were driving and, and Tony, if you ever a chance to meet Tony, he's one of the funniest guys in the world. Passionate falconer, hugely passionate, loves his Merlins, he loves his Peregrines. And, um, and I've met Tony at numerous falconry festivals and events over the years. And we've always had uh, good chats. Like I remember many years ago, uh, one of the British falconry fairs, my daughter Harriet uh, sold him two magazines he says you can't just have one; you could have two, and she sold him two. and And I think she was about five or six years older. She's a natural seller. Now that's what I had not understand. And um, but when we're talking and about what Falkner means to each of us, and we had a, a little bit of banter back and forth and la- laughing about lots of different things. Um, but one thing, one name came up, um, and a, a gentleman many of you will will know him and sadly miss him he passed away last year um professor uh matt gage and i met matt when he was still a student and he'd come to uh, dr fox's where i was helping out on a on a falconry course there to collect a merlin and i can remember that we went out to this merlin on the prosely hills um flying and you know and he came up to me i was in doha um at the if conference and he said are you Neil? And I said, yes. And I said, I said you look familiar, but I can't quite remember I said, I'm Matt. And we sort of like looked at each other and said, Dick Fox course back in the early eighties. And he said, yeah. And I said, you had a Merlin. And he said, and he was quite shocked I can remember. But again, and that's what Falkenry is doing. You get your chance to have those stories. I'd love Matt to written for my magazine, um, but sadly he's no longer with us. But, um, you know, and something Tony said, is to his, uh, he deeply misses Matt because he was his Hawking partner for many, many years. Um, but I think that if we can share those stories, we can get um, something out to people. And, and there's a way to remember them as well, because Tony did a fitting tribute in the in magazine earlier in the year um, as a thank you towards Matt, and I, and I was... Some very good friends of of matt and tony sent me some amazing uh photographs as well so i can include within in the tribute um but we've been very lucky a lot of people who have supported the magazine you know like one of my biggest supporters of the magazine is marshall radio and uh i know they supported the magazine for the last nearly two years and you know it's for people like that and the advertisers that i have now um like this weekend I picked up a new advertiser um because we were just talking and he wasn't aware I produced a magazine he thought I was just Mr. Vowley and um and we because obviously I'd arranged this event here and he and he said oh no and he said and we discussions and he's he ships uh animals sports through animals and birds all over the world and um and he said oh i Advertise to you, and I said oh, okay, and then we discussed the uh, thing, and he sent me a f- uh, the artwork to uh, thing, so it'll be in the next issue, and um, but it's amazing you you speak to people and say oh I've got I got a great photograph to show you, and I've been a couple of people have asked me oh could I feature some of those photographs you featured in an earlier issue, and in and I see in my social media, and I have some historical old photographs which are given to me by some old people um, who are no longer with us, and. I want to try to share that stuff and hopefully people can then take from it because like i want to go like next year i want to go to the falconry archives in in the us because that'll be like a, a geek stream for me I can, if i can get a chance to get behind the scenes a little bit and obviously go to the peregrine fund because I, I was very fortunate to meet uh the late professor tom cade many years and on several occasions both at dr fox's uh breeding place and also at Joima's and um, and Tom was always encouraging to a young falcon like myself, and that's something I've remembered, and I want to try if I can help any young person oh, I to not to be that young, everybody's young compared to me these days, um don't laugh at you, young man <laughs> and um but if I can try to show people you know falcon can work well together, you know sometimes we were misunderstood by the media. And sometimes we don't necessarily tell people what we do. There's a lot of people do amazing stuff with rehabilitation. Um, and I'm trying to do a, f- a few more features on on that. Um, but yeah, I've been very lucky. You know, I've, been, I've had invitations all around the world. But the last couple of years, because of COVID, we can travel. And it's great to see Jonathan now coming over this side of the pond. And I'm looking forward to go over to Indiana in December to go and see Hawking in in his neck of the woods and if I can get a chance to go into the far west to see the big skies and, you know, seeing the big falcons, sage grouse and things like that, that's something I'm looking forward to. But again, falconry is about, makes a difference what bird you fly, I'm going to enjoy watching it, you know. That's, for me, no matter, I'm not, I'm not a falconry snob. Um, (laughs) I'm just, if a bird's flown well, that's what I want to see.
2: That's great. No, I mean, and, and like I said, it, it's, it only made sense to, um, you know, talk to you and, and, you know, get to know you better. And, you know, the, the fact that we could kind of help each other out some and it's, it's been great. And like Thank I you. said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative to you and Simon for, for this opportunity. And I hope that you all feel well, represented by the time this is all said and well, done. Well, I'm,
1: I'm looking forward. You no, know, I'll probably not so much on my own podcast because, oh, <laughs> nobody really wants to listen to me. Um, <laughs> but I said, if somebody enjoys it and things like that, and um, but if you can take anything away from it, if a young person comes up to any Faulkner and asks you, how do you do that? Think how you uh, yourself give them a chance. Because I think it's because if we don't have young people coming through, falconry will die. You know, and it'll be it'll go to become an archive thing, or it's a lost art. And, and I'd hate to, I would hate to see that. um It's still things are learning. It's lots of new tech being developed, um, by all the telemetry companies. There's a lot of uh, new new medicines coming through and like we had the opportunity to speak uh, to Tom Dutton um, at this at conference and listen to a, a lecture he did on avian flu. Cause obviously that's, that's affecting British Faulkner especially in the last couple of years. Um, in Wales, where I'm, I'm originally from, uh, we couldn't fly f- for virtually a whole season, you know, because it was restricted, you know, and it is, it is problematic. And, and I think we've got to be aware that, um, falconry could get affected by something which is not by government it could be by nature is stopping us doing what we what we love to do and if we can learn from that new veterinary medicine is coming through um also ways of husbandry and how we how we look after our birds and in developments in perch design developments in equipment design um like I remember when I started off. I know how I know how to make all the perch, all all the perches. I know how to make all the equipment. But now I predominantly only only use braid because I find it lighter. It's more resilient, and again, it allows me to have all my braid red. All, I only have red braids, so because if I drop it, I can find it. Um, but I said I love leather, you know. And but that sounds wrong in that in that statement. But um, <laughs> but again. It's knowing how to make equipment as well. I think that's important. That's a skill. Um, you know, I'm not a good hood maker uh, like someone like Steve. Um, there are so many great hood makers around these days. Um, you know, and there's a lot of American hood makers, um, which I've I've been lucky enough for the last couple of years to acquire uh, a Gene Johnson hood. And at the start of the lockdown, I was lucky enough to acquire uh, a John Moran hood. That's it's a very simple hood, but what? A, you know, it's part. Of, it's part of my collection, and you know, and I'm lucky enough to have that. And if somebody wants to see it, come come along, and you know, have a, hold it. You know, it. It's for a master craftsman uh, like Mr. Moran. You know, to see the, these pieces of work and, and the Jean Johnson hood is just wow. Because I foolishly many years ago I had one and I sold it for. for quite a decent amount of money um but i always regretted it and i was lucky i was very lucky enough uh an american falconer um he said he had put it on facebook and he said i've got a hood gene johnson and i said immediately messaged him and luckily i was the first person to get through and he said yeah and i said i'll buy it didn't Mm -hmm. really ask him what the price was but i just wanted to have a gene johnson back hood in my collection because Gene Johnson didn't seemingly want to ship any overseas and um, otherwise I had loads and loads of his but he wouldn't ship them overseas Mm -hmm. Um, but I was lucky enough to have and now I have one in my collection it's it's something I don't know it's not necessarily a public show uh, because my house is chaos at the moment and really um because i've still got stuff i haven't unpacked f- uh, for when i moved in um and it's probably the case when i when i when i move out and and i move on to another in, into another home and things like that i'll still have things oh well, i've seen that for a few years um um but this i've i've got quite an eclectic collection of falconry equipment you know um I got some Mongolian swivels in, 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 in a horn and I've got a hood by a, uh, an Arab falconer uh, um by a Kazakh falconer called Ablahak. and I got out one of the festivals and and I said to him can I could I and he said yeah so and he also gave me a pair of uh, eagle dresses as well and and I'm very very lucky you know so I've been in places right place right time. I found some, excuse me, um, and I found some amazing. I've had some amazing gifts from some amazing people, and Falconry has given me that, and and I'm very grateful for it, you know. And yeah. I think if if I'm, I'm pleased, has enjoyed his company here uh, with me. I'm a i am am a terrible host, he, you know. He, he he can admit it. <laughs> I won't I won't take it personally, um, but you know. Ultimately, you know, we're we're a small community. We're a niche market and falconry can do so much good, especially like now you think about what the work the Peregrine Fund did many years ago with uh, helping reestablish Peregrine Falcons. Um, If we can tell people what we do a bit better, um and communicate better um i try to do that with my magazine but there are you know i said the podcast is great i enjoy them and things like that and obviously things on youtube some great videos on it some dreadful videos on, on it as well um we ultimately need to look at folk need to represent themselves as professionally as possible um because the people who are against any sort of any form of hunting are very well organized and they have vast uh, finances to you know build up a lot of public support quite easily um by sometimes misrepresenting things and but seems to be um something that is tolerated by lots of people because when i s when I used to work in the zoos um people said, "Oh, I don't agree with this," and i said well i can i respect that." Um, and I would say to people, but imagine if you had a ninja bird of prey, what are you going to do? And they said, they would, in the UK, we would take them to um, the RSPB or someone like that. And I said, well, as I'm someone who can train a bird of prey, the train a bird of prey to actually do what it does naturally, which is hunting, um, if I can then rehabilitate that particular bird of prey, be it the hawk. Uh, a broad wing of a falcon if I can get that bird f- to fly in again get our fitness levels up that the bird can have an even chance to survive in the wild is that a better? And they go mm, well yeah maybe I can understand that then you may not enjoy the process of what we do um, but sometimes if we can tell people what we do and not be afraid to say why do you do it? Because I enjoy it you know because I generally enjoy seeing birds fly well um and and i believe fit birds catch things fat birds don't and fat uh, fat birds don't breed um from experience especially in a lot of zoo collections a lot of birds which are overweight but the same with any type of animal um if you can have things which are fit and have been flown on a regular basis and then put in the breeding aviary those birds end up producing very strong youngsters and things like that which then can either be rehabilitated back to the wild or reintroduced in the wild or create new breeding colonies um there's a lot of things that falconry can contribute to conservation and and i think if we can work with the different falconry bodies around the world you know like like in america you have NAFa. Uh, in the uk we have the bfc in wales we have the welsh hawking club in scotland we have the scottish hawking club and there's also numerous other falconry clubs in the uk we have quite a lot of different falconry clubs um but obviously in germany the deutsche falcon order in france you know in spain portugal all these places have falconry clubs um but we're very lucky here you know we don't have too many restrictions we can fly a lot of birds but you know, the hardest thing in the UK is finding suitable quarry and suitable land to fly on. And I think Steve touched upon it himself. Mm-hmm. Some land has been put into preserves. Like I dare say, it would have been the same in America. I wish I had land like you have in the US when you have, as it as you call it, it's the state,
2: state BLM lands yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and a, public and th- lands.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think having something like that is is an amazing thing because. But we have here we have a lot of people who have birds of prey um but also we have a lot of people who collect birds of prey and you know if you can what we can do with falconry is get to a point that we can get people to enjoy what we do get people together go to field meets get opportunities to meet people around the world um and falconry has given me that and I'm very humbled by that in that respect.
2: No, for sure. And, um, it, it's something that can easily kind of go awry if, uh, if we all, you know, from time to time, don't put aside differences and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, kind of band together to become, uh, fairly um united voice i guess i should say i I would fully agree you know being
1: united is important
2: yeah and you know it's uh it's one of those things like i said it's 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 something that we can't take for granted and yeah hopefully we'll we'll continue to to be able to do it for for a long time to come but uh but yeah i mean no what's what's been great about this talk is um you have pretty much managed to touch on almost everything that we usually like to like to cover oh. without really any prompting whatsoever. Oh, thank you. And,
1: uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just, waffling.
2: <laughs> and, uh, but no, you've, um, you've you've been a, a great conversation which you know it's been one of the the easier conversations I have not had to say much of anything and that's always great <laughs> but um, but I mean yeah so let's go ahead and wrap this up here and Thank you. and I mean is there any other last bit of, of advice or anything that you want to um, you know kind of leave for as a, as a final thought for people or
1: um, I suppose I go back to something I said earlier if a young me came up to any Faulkner now and asked the question, instead of saying no, how can I help you, young man or young woman? You know, or read this book or read that book. And I think if you can, if you can give that a little bit of encouragement, we could maybe find the next um, young Faulkner that will become the next educator in... Um, can be the next conservationist. It could be the next rehabilitator. Can become the next falcon club president, for instance. Um, because we need people sort to, to of work together. We don't need infighting. It happens, you know. Um, but yeah, give that the young person just five minutes. Because then also we don't forget you were young once and you didn't know. Not all of us have been lucky enough. Um, my daughter was very lucky after her father was a falconer and so she didn't necessarily have a choice uh, <laughs> i didn't try to force it on her but if you can give them that give them that give them that five minutes and just say read this book and i hope to see you again and if you can learn that i think that's probably the best way to finish off this
2: this podcast thank you neil and once again i i appreciate it and You know, like I said, this is a, it's been a great opportunity. I've, I've made a a lot of new friendships over this weekend that I hope will last me a lifetime as well, including yours. Uh,
1: no, definitely. (laughs) So
2: yeah, we'll, uh, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm this Porter that I just got, um, at the, at the store not too long ago is almost out. So it's about time for me to to get a new one. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so I think that we can go ahead and wrap this up and Thank thank you again. And, uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go. Kind of have some more chit chat, and uh, and I'll I'll get another beer. No problem at all. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Neil. Okay, thank you.
0: At Bet Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary.